today on Let the Bible Speak. Most of us make some very significant purchases throughout the course of a lifetime, but today the most valuable thing you can ever buy. Greetings and welcome to Let the Bible Speak. It's truly my honor to have the opportunity to speak to you about the Word of God today, and I'm thankful that you have the interest in God's Word to open it up and see what it has to say to you and to me. I hope that as we do so, our main objective is to discover truth. We're drowning in information today, but yet there is a famine of truth in our land and in many a heart. I hope that's not the case with you. I hope you are searching for the truth, and I hope that you place such a high estimate upon truth that when you find it, you won't let anything prevent you from obtaining, obeying, and holding on to that truth. The wise man Solomon, a long time ago, wrote a proverb pertaining to that, and it's recorded in Proverbs chapter 23, in verse 23. He says, buy the truth and do not sell it, also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Today for a little while, I want to speak to you about our estimate of truth. And we're going to title our lesson, The Treasure of Truth. Before we go into our study though, a song from the congregation.
We're living in an age of a constant flow of information. In fact, we have faster and greater access to knowledge and facts than ever before in the history of the world. Ironically, though, we're facing a dearth of truth. Not much value is placed upon truth today. The past century or more could be described as the postmodern era, the age where people tell us there really is no such thing as truth, or at best, truth is relative to the person who believes it, especially when it comes to moral truth or religious truth. In other words, what is true for you, well, that's true for you, and what's true for me, that's true for me, and there is no such thing as a universally acceptable and applicable standard of truth. The result is few people are really concerned about truth, and that's just as true in religion as it is in the secular world, let us not be fooled. How many people today set out to find the Lord's Church, for example, with their single focus being on finding truth? Oh, now you find people who they want to find a church with this or with that, a church with a youth program or a church with exciting music or a church with a trendy preacher or a church with a popular social network. But very few set out to weed through the sea of confusion that we have in modern Christianity in search of truth. Instead, we shrug and we say, ah, it doesn't really matter. However, Solomon in his proverb affirms that truth is attainable, it is desirable, and it is valuable. He says, buy the truth and sell it not. Jesus spoke of the truth as it pertained to the kingdom of heaven in that way. In Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 44, he told two parables. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Well, both of these brief parables culminate in the same overall truth. The first refers to a man who finds a treasure. He finds a treasure when he is confronted with the kingdom of Christ, and he immediately esteems it as a valuable thing, and he invests in it. In fact, he invests everything that he has to safeguard it and keep it in his possession. Now, the merchant who purchased the costly pearl had set out on a mission to find pearls. He knew what pearls were worth. He was able to compare them and know which ones were more valuable than others. In this case, he found one that was more valuable than all the others, and Jesus says he bought it at the expense of everything he possessed. Well, both of those parables indicate several things about the truth of Christ's kingdom. First of all, they tell us that a person needs to have some appreciation for its value, or he'll casually pass it by. Uh, both of these men recognized what they found, whether they had set out to look for it or whether or not they came across it. They realized that they had found something valuable, and they set out to buy it for their own. Another thing the parables teach us is that the truth doesn't come cheap. It comes at great cost. Jesus pictures the kingdom as something that is very, very valuable, something that required these men to sell all in order to purchase it. They had to spend everything they had. And that merely represents the fact that true service to God, the true knowledge of God, obedience to God, finding the kingdom of Jesus Christ comes only at great sacrifice on our part. You recall the rich young ruler was told by Jesus that Keeping the Ten Commandments was not enough. He had to relinquish his hold on all of the riches that he loved so much in order to be saved. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. The Bible emphasizes the fact that the truth costs us something. 
And a religion that doesn't require anything isn't worth anything. Solomon implied in our text that the truth must be bought and at a high price. That high price is often tremendous sacrifice of things that we otherwise hold dear. Maybe it's the price of mere inconvenience. It could be the price of ridicule or even more severe persecution. But it could even be the price of having to turn your back on something or someone or someones who you've held very dear in your life. Maybe things that have been part of your life for all of your life. That, of course, can be very difficult. That can be an incredibly hard step for someone to take, but that's the price of truth and that's the value of truth. So what makes truth so expensive? What makes truth such a valuable commodity? You know, there are several factors in the economies of the world that determine an item's value, and the same thing holds true in spiritual things. First of all, the availability of something determines its value. The less of something there is, the more expensive that thing becomes. It's the basic law of supply and demand, economics 101, when the price goes up at the gas pump. Well, one of the usual suspects is a higher demand for oil, either because oil isn't being produced, or there's a higher demand for oil. Uh, some are not producing oil and others are with oil. You know, there are all kinds of variables, but it boils down to the principle of supply and demand. When people drive more or refineries are refining less or less oil is being pumped, then the market drives the price of oil up and we pay more for gas. If you could go out to any old stream of water and pan gold, well, gold wouldn't be so precious. Well, unless something be found in abundance, on the other hand, it can usually be purchased rather inexpensively and it becomes disposable. Spiritual commodities aren't any different. For example, the Bible calls the blood of Christ precious. Why was Jesus' blood precious? Well, it's because He was the only lamb without spot or blemish. He was the only sinless human being to ever live. So you might say in the market of souls, His blood had the purchasing power that no other blood had. His blood is rare, one of a kind. The truth is the same way. The kingdom of heaven is the same way. One thing that makes truth so precious and rare is that it's not being made anymore. Truth is out of print. It's out of production. Do you know there is no such thing as new truth? Now just stop and mull that over for a moment. There is no such thing as new truth. Truth is what it is. You can't manufacture truth. You can't replace truth. Otherwise, it was never truth to begin with. Truth doesn't change. Truth is truth. Someone said a few years ago that 1,000 books per day are published around the world. They also said that 3,000 pages of information are being printed off every second. I don't know where they got those numbers, and I don't know how accurate they are, but that's not hard to imagine. But did you know that non, not one word of all of that adds to the supply of truth? Now, those writings may include truth, they may repeat truth, they may illustrate truth, they may deny truth, but not one bit of it adds any truth to the world or removes truth. The truth is the truth, and that's it. We either recognize the truth, we either accept the truth, or we reject the truth to our own condemnation, but truth is truth. Correspondingly, the truth is a rare commodity in the exchange of thoughts and ideas today. In fact, we have cheapened whatever concept we have in our minds of truth with the notion that you believe whatever you want and I'll believe whatever I want and it really doesn't matter what the Bible says about it because everybody has their own interpretation of the Bible anyway, so as long as you're sincere, nothing else matters. Have you ever thought about how that cheapens the truth? There are millions of doctrines in the world today. 
but most of them don't represent the true teaching of the Bible and are therefore not worth anything. One is as good as the next when it comes to teachings that are not found in God's Word. That's true. It doesn't matter if it's not found in the Word of God. But truth matters. And you know, if you can't find one that you like, according to today's philosophy, you just keep looking until you find something that might suit you, and you call that truth. The truth, though, is a precious commodity because it is so exclusively unique and rare. 1 Samuel 3 verse 1 says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Now, when that was written, it had been some time since God had spoken anything to his people. And Samuel became the first in a long line of prophets after the period of silence on the part of God. So what revelation they had from God was considered a precious thing. Now, Paul tells us that in this age of the world, God has spoken to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. We're not waiting on any more revelations from heaven or from God. He's promised no such revelations. In fact, the Bible tells us that when the New Testament was completed, we have the truth. We've been given all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Jude says that the faith has once and for all been delivered unto the saints, Jude verse 3. In Hebrews 1 verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Now Christ appointed his twelve apostles who lived in the first century to be his ambassadors or messengers through whom he would reveal the truth and convey it to the world through the Holy Scriptures. Those men were guided by the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ's truth to the world, to us. And you know, there's much being said in the name of religion today, but the vast majority of it does not agree with what the Bible says. And as a result, we have to weed through a lot of men's babble and nonsense to get to the truth of God's Word. Now just remember this, my friend. Much of what you hear today is not true because it is not taught in the Bible. It may come from a very intelligent man or a man who has the gift of words or eloquent speech or a person who may appear learned, but it's not true because it's not taught in God's Word. What is true is precious and you should latch on to it and cling to it. John warned in 1 John 4 and verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 21. Paul said, Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Now that word prove is telling us to put it to the test of God's word. And if it lines up with what the Bible says, then Paul says we're to hold on to it. We're to grip it tightly, cling to it. In other words, we're to consider it a precious thing. We're to buy it and not sell it. We're to put it in a safe keeping in our hearts and to practice it in our lives. So the truth is valuable because of its rarity. All truth is found in God and has been revealed in His Word. Then Solomon says in his proverb that once we have found the truth, it is far too precious to sell. In fact, he just plainly says, sell it not. He doesn't say we should sell it for a high price, or a, uh, but he says rather under no circumstances should we relinquish it. Do you know why collectors off, uh, find things often comb rummage sales and estate sales and flea markets and junk stores? A lot of us like to go to places like that. I do, because I never know what I might find. And I've found some real treasures over time looking in such unlikely places. Those places are such a draw because many people throw things away without realizing their value. Then you might end up being the fortunate one who stumbles upon that item, is able to purchase it at a very cheap price. 
That happens a lot. Something gets sold at a yard sale for a few dollars or even a few cents that would have bought a much higher price had it been offered on the internet or at an auction to people who appreciate it or know its value, but you see those people unwittingly turned loose of something that was worth a great deal either because they didn't know the worth of what they had or they just didn't care about the value of it. Now there are multitudes of people who have been that way with the truth. They don't esteem it very highly and it doesn't take very much to get them to sell it. Even though Solomon says we shouldn't sell it at any price, it's that precious. Think about it, many people will sell the truth for any number of reasons, but one is popularity or acceptance. It's not hard to stand for something if others don't oppose it, but it's a different matter, you see, to stand by yourself and uphold the truth. And because truth is so rare, uh, the fact is oftentimes when you stand for truth, you will stand alone or you'll certainly stand in the minority. That takes courage. Only the person who understands the value of truth will be willing to do that. Daniel understood how valuable God's truth was when he refused to violate God's law in order to appease the king by eating from his table and drinking his wine, Daniel chapter 1. Truth was more valuable to Daniel than the acceptance of the royal government. He wasn't going to sell the truth for prestige and acceptance with the king. I can tell you that it's far from popular today to stand for what the Bible teaches about much of anything. And if you stand for what the Bible says about morality in this day and time, you will be immediately labeled a, a bigot or a Bible thumper. If you contend for what the Bible says about doctrine, just wait. There is a multitude of people, and some of them are preachers, who will line up to call you a legalist or a fundamentalist. And some people can't stand up under that kind of criticism, so they compromise. They sell out. They sell the truth. Whatever pleases the most, whatever is the course of least resistance, that's what they believe, that's where they go to church, that's how they worship, and so on. And then there are those who sell the truth for comfort or convenience. That is, they'll only stay with what is right as long as it comes easy and doesn't demand too much. But should truth encroach upon their worldly lifestyle or busy schedule, they'll sell it. They treat the truth as though it's not worth very much. They'll trade it for something much less requiring well, that reminds me of the story of God's people after the division of the kingdom long ago. You recall that King Jeroboam was worried that the people would go back to Jerusalem to worship, and if they did that, their hearts would be turned away from him until they would rebel against him and kill him. And he was so worried about that that he set up two idolatrous altars in the more nearby places of Bethel and Dan. And he told the people, according to 1 Kings, the 12th chapter, beginning in the 28th verse, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Do you hear that? It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan. And Jeroboam told them to worship these substitutes that he had set up nearby. He sold his error to the people by convincing them that it would be easier and more convenient. Speaking of going to a place to gather with others for worship, I know of people right now, in this dispensation of time, who will drive a long distance to meet with a group of people who worship according to the Bible because there's not a congregation like that in their community or wherever they happen to be at that time. And instead of just throwing up their hands, they go to great effort and great expense to make that trip, sometimes Sunday after Sunday, to join with people of like faith to worship according to the teaching of the Bible. Would you be willing to do that if that circumstance presented itself? Would you? Is the truth that valuable to you? Many people look at folks like that and say, well, they're out of their mind. There's a church just up the street. They don't understand how valuable truth is. Truth.
People value the truth and so they'll make great sacrifices and they're not willing to sell it for comfort or convenience. So what does the Bible say happened when the people took the deal that Jeroboam offered them and worshiped the idols in Dan and Bethel? Well, 1 Kings 12 and verse 30 says, And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. 1 Kings 13 verse 3 says, This is the sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. In other words, God condemned Jeroboam's false altars. And a lot of people are lured away from Jerusalem, as it were, by the appeal of an easier and more palatable religion. But they sell the truth for convenience and for comfort. And then there are those who will sell the truth for what they think is progress. So many are casting the truth aside because it's not considered up to date. It's not in step with the culture. Um, it's not cool and trendy and fashionable. Or you'll run into a lot of opposition if you cling to that and continue to believe that. I hate to tell you, many churches of Christ today are selling the truth to be like the popular church uptown to be like the denominations or the emergent church of our day. But Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16 says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. That has an abrasive sound to the modern ear, but it's God's wisdom, it's God's truth. Ask for the old paths. There's something to be said for what is tried and true, that's certainly the case with what has been established by precept or example in the Word of God. Truth has not changed. The pattern given to us in the New Testament for the work and the worship and the doctrine of the church, it is still the church's pattern. It hasn't changed. If it did, when did it cease to be? When did the truth change? Many things that are practiced and believed in religion today are not according to that pattern. They're according to the modern ideas and traditions of men because people sold the truth and they thought they were making progress in the process. The so-called Christian community, think about this, the so-called Christian community is constantly evolving so quickly that it's hard to keep up. It's like trying to keep up with the latest technology. You go spend a lot of money on a new device, a computer, whatever it may be, it's not very long till it's old hat. That's the way it is with change in religion. The latest, greatest, most cutting edge thing in just a few years is going to be old hat. When you become untethered from the Word of God as your guide and as your standard, where will you end up? Where does it stop? Don't sell the truth. Buy it and sell it not, Solomon says.
If someone were to show you that the church you attend or the things that you have believed and practiced maybe for a long time are not really taught in the New Testament, that they're the traditions and doctrines of men, would you leave that? Would you leave that church and go in search of the one that is revealed within the Bible? If the answer to that question is no, then you don't place a very high value upon truth. You may say, well, I've gone there so long, or I have so many friends that go there, or that's where mom and dad went, or where grandma and grandpa went. But again, if you don't value truth above everything else, you don't really value truth. And so I want to challenge you and me to open up the Word of God and see if we have found the truth, to make that our objective in life, to not only find the truth, but to obey the truth and to cling to the truth. If you'd like a copy of our lesson today, we'll be happy to send you a free printed transcript. Ask for the sermon, The Treasure of Truth, and that free copy will be on its way. Remember, we're online, ltbstv.org. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page, subscribe to us on YouTube. We also have a podcast you can find wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to that and listen to us on the go. Don't forget to join us next time, if the Lord wills, when we're back here on the air for another Bible study and encourage someone else to do the same. In the meantime, may God keep you well and safe over the next week, and I look forward to meeting you back here again. Have a great week, and God bless. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org. Thanks for being with us today. Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.